0: Welcome back, Porch Project fans. Uh, we are here again on this episode to talk about church attendance. Uh, it will not be another hour and a half. <laughs> we <I> promise. promise. <laughs> we we know that that was brutal as far as lengthwise. We hope that there was a lot of content that came out of that. It's, it's funny, you have had multiple episodes that you have been able to listen to with us, but that was actually the very first episode we ever recorded, so you can quite Hopefully we've improved <laughs> since then. Hopefully, yeah, hopefully we've done a lot better. Hannah
1: and I were on the way back from the beach when that episode released, and... I was like, well, let's just listen to it. We're mm-hmm. we're coming through Columbia. We got about an hour and a half to get home. Let's just see what let's let's see how it goes. And she fell asleep. So hopefully <laughs> that is no indication <laughs> to how the rest of you guys received it or the feedback. But uh, yeah. hopefully this one will be a bit, little bit more clear and concise and a uh, little bit more beneficial for us all.
0: <laughs> yeah. Hopefully uh, we can we can wrap it up and put a bow on it. Though this evening we only have two standpoints, <laughs> because uh, because uh, Pap is not here with us, uh, Duncan or uh, Chris, they have they have I guess left <laughs> left with they've the, left the porch. <laughs> was, well, they haven't left the porch. <laughs> they haven't left the porch. They're still around, but uh, they I guess. Um, <laughs> They let the two knuckleheads play around. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not the smartest. But <laughs> so we're gonna we're gonna do our best to, to wrap this up and, and put a a little bow on that. Um as far as last episode we finished up. We were talking about active worshipers and passive bystanders, and just we kind of wrapped it up at that and left it at that point. Um, and so with that, Wes, what is your version of an active worshiper? Like when you show up to church, first off, do you feel like you're an active worshiper? That would that, probably well, be the for, best question.
1: For sure, but so I see a lot of different standpoints. So I see a church standpoint And I am heavily involved in the church. Uh, I think over the course of the next two weeks, I'm going to be here like every night except two or three. Uh, Just just a lot of activity and and responsibility and and things like that. So I I do have a ton of uh, action pieces here at the church, but I also am really active and involved in the business world. And I'm just as familiar with, with that world as I am the church world and one thing that that really comes to mind when when we talk about active church going and active participants and things like that is a trend that that we're starting to see more and more and more especially since covid in the business world and it's it's this idea of quiet quitting i don't know if you've heard of that or not but essentially yeah. what's happening is people will quiet quit which is where they're not as engaged as what they typically would be and they're actually putting the minimum effort required to maintain or keep their job. So essentially they'll, they'll go to work and, and depending on what the job is, they'll clock in and then they will do the absolute bare minimum that they have to to get by so that they don't get fired. But they're essentially drawing a line in the sand and they're taking a stance and saying, I'm going to keep this job until something better comes my way, but while I do keep this job, I'm going to do the least amount of work possible. So they'll clock in, they'll sit at their desk, or they'll, they'll, again, it just kind of depends on what the job is, but they'll be incredibly disengaged in their productivity, in their activity things like that and it's really started to gain a lot of traction on social media platforms, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, whatever. And really the, the, the biggest thing that's being seen is that disengagement. So really it's 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 kind of the same from my standpoint in a business world and the church world. So while While churchgoers may not walk into the church office one day and say, hey, pastor, I need to talk to you for a couple of minutes and then submit their two-week resignation, like that's not what's happening. Just like in the business world, they're not pulling their boss or manager to the side and say, hey, this is is where I'm at. I've got another job opportunity. I've been offered a better position, Um, whatever the case may be. I just wanted to let you know that this is my two-week notice that I'm no longer going to be employed here churchgoers aren't doing that either they're not coming to the pastor and saying hey i'm i'm no longer going to be coming here anymore you know i'm, I'm going to be going to a different church down the road or i'm going to a church that better fits mine and my family's needs like they're they're not doing that but what they are doing is a gradual pullback or a gradual disengagement so when you think about the church i think that the american average for church attendance is like once every six weeks So you'll see them, you know, if if you use a a six-week time frame or time block, you may see that person initially four out of six weeks. But then that quiet quitting will occur, and then you'll see them three out of six weeks, 50%. Then you'll see them two out of six weeks. Then you'll see them one out of six weeks. And that trend will continue and that pattern will continue until you don't see them any weeks out of six weeks. And I think that's that's kind of what – We're starting to see more and more based on the availability that technology is presenting with the live stream. Specifically, anybody can log on to whatever platform it's being broadcasted on, but they can click on a a page of a church and they can start to watch that, you know, from the comforts of their own couch or the comforts of their own living room and not actually go to the church.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, I I really like that idea of quiet quitting because that's that's essentially what it is. Um, as as far as <clears throat> showing up, um, being in engaged, I think enough to be able to to claim churches, if that makes sense. In that they're they're claiming membership in that they're claiming. Uh yeah, I go to a church, they ha- they have a uh an answer if somebody were to ask them. Um but it's not they're not engaged with that at all times. And I and even from a bigger church standpoint, uh, I don't think that there's anything wrong with um with mega churches if you if you want to use that phrase or multi site churches, campuses and um, I don't think that there's anything wrong with that, but I think a lot of people are drawn to that because they can do that exact thing where it's like, I can show up and be at church without being noticed. Yep. Nobody's going to ask of me necessarily anything specific. Um, the pastor may make a broad statement about we need volunteers or whatever the case is, but it's not something where somebody's going to, Walk up to me and and specifically ask me, uh, to help out with that. And so I like that. I, uh, I don't like that idea, but I like that that uh, that analogy there between the two because it is. I, I I want to add into that as well, even from the church standpoint, uh, as far as the serving wise. Uh, goes, it, it, it's it's one of those where they'll start to withdraw from serving. I'm not, I can't serve here or I can't serve there. I, I would rather not serve in this committee or I'd, I'd rather not teach in this thing, where, where they might have done that for years and years and years, mainly so that they can just show up. Well, it's and, that
1: pullback of engagement. Yeah. And researchers, obviously, they've put a ton of time digging into this and and kind of researching and trying to get behind some of the the why this is happening. And really, it's a little bit fascinating to me because they don't put the burden on the employee that's quiet quitting. They actually put the burden on whoever is in the the leadership position. Mm -hmm. They put the burden on the authoritative figure. So for instance, if, if there is a business or an organization where they're experiencing a ton of that employee disengagement or pullback. They put it on the manager or the CEO or the CFO or whoever is in charge of that organization. They put it on them to, I guess regenerate, rejuvenate whatever engagement there was previously. So uh, it says only one in three managers are engaged at work, but senior leadership needs to reskill managers to engage with the employees so you know what it what it talks about having them do is learning how to have conversations with employees to reduce disengagement and burnout Only managers or CFOs or CEOs or whoever the case may be are in positions to know employees as individuals, their life situation, strengths, and goals. So again, that's in a business world, in a business setting, but if you apply those same methods and principles to a church setting, it really falls back on us as pastors, as leaders, servant leaders, uh, deacons, elders, whatever, whatever terminology you want to use, if we see... This pullback or disengagement in our congregation or in our members, it's on us to reach back out to them and say, hey, I've noticed this, yeah. I've missed you this week, I've missed you this yeah. week. Hey, I noticed in the past you used to serve in this mm-hmm. capacity and you used to fill this role, but you're not doing that anymore. Mm-hmm. What can we do to kind of to restoke that fire? What can we do to bring you back along to where you used to be? Um, it's it's up to us to to care for them to love them to maybe even apply a little bit of pressure and accountability like that's that's kind of what a leader does
0: yeah and and i like that statement because we as um as staff and, and church we we should be engaged like that um I want to go back to that pulling away, maybe a little bit from from ministries and and committees and stuff like that. I, I do want to just make a point in that I'm not necessarily saying that if you have pulled away from a committee or that um, you you uh, you decided you weren't going to continue in helping out with whatever uh, Sunday school class or. Teaching team or whatever you were a part of, that that's that's a bad thing, and that you're kind of falling into this quiet quitting aspect. Um, because there are true truly times where we need to step back, we need to kind of pull away. But in this conversation piece, I think that we we are just kind of adding, we're using that and applying that to that. But there there are times where we do need to step back, and I don't I don't want to make anybody feel like all of a sudden they're they're having this issue within themselves and and not following and they're not active worshipers just because they decided to step back because sometimes we just truly need sure. to step back. Well, um, and
1: you know, in in the business world there's almost this audacity and this arrogance. So if an employee approaches you as as a manager or a leader and they say, Hey, you know, this is this is where I'm at. Here's my two-week notice. I think our natural tendency is to be like, well, well, good riddance. I don't need you. Yeah. You know, there's the door. Don't mm-hmm. let it hit you on the way out type thing. But in the church, it's totally different from that. You know, First Corinthians chapter 12, verses 12 and on It says, for the body is one and has many members, but all of the members are of that one body, being many are one body, so also is Christ. And then it talks through all of the different members that that make up that body. It says, if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I'm not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? And then it talks about the ear and the eye and how valuable all of those pieces are, obviously, an ear is meant for hearing, and an eye is meant for seeing. So, therefore, an eye cannot hear, and an ear cannot see. So, when you think about it in that term or from that standpoint, as the evangelist William <laughs> E. Orr would say,
0: have you? I've noticed. I say that a lot, and so I've been trying to hold back. I've, I haven't <laughs> used it as much tonight.
1: But, but when it comes to a church setting, we need everybody. We need each member. We need each person to attend and we need each person to fill a role or avoid or serve in any way, shape, or form that they possibly can, because if, if these people keep pulling back and keep disengaging as a unit or as a body, if you handcuff one hand behind your back, well how effective is that hand? It's exactly. it's not at all.
0: Yeah. Well and and to add to that as well, I, I've always heard the the saying and you probably have as well that of the work in a church is done by 10% of the people. If we could have more active worshipers, um, more active servants um, as Christ has called us to be, then all of a sudden these people who are having this burnout feeling, these people who feel like they need to pull away, all of a sudden don't have as much on their plate because these other people have stepped in. And, and without getting into too much more, I know that sometimes there is conflict in that because they don't want to give up roles and situations. But uh, that is one thing that would definitely help within the church is all of a sudden, can you imagine, Wes, for just a moment, if one Sunday everybody in the church stood up and said, where can I serve? like we probably would have to come up with new roles. Well, we sure. have that
1: opportunity October 15th. The church at West Gant is having the ministry fair. So please all be attending <laughs> that day and be ready to sign up for all the teams that you can serve on.
0: Shameless plug there.
1: <laughs> Listen, but, there, is, there is effectiveness and multiplication. So yeah. many hands make light work. The more we can all do, the better the results are going to be. And I know that results is a business term, but if you if you think about the goals of the church, you know, winning people to Christ and sharing the gospel and reaching the lost and, and doing all of those things, each person, while they all have their own strengths and talents and uniqueness and spiritual giftings and stuff like that, they're only so effective. But if you take this person and pair them with this person, who has a totally different skill set and spiritual gifting and talent, there's just so much more effectiveness through their multiplication and their efforts. So I think in bringing this conversation kind of to a close, we just need to remember that we all have a place, we all have a part. God has blessed us all tremendously and uniquely uh, and individually, and just as as your physical body cannot function without key parts or components neither the, neither can the church so we invite you we welcome you <laughs> yeah. we want you to be here we need you to be here yeah. we miss you we love you so
0: yeah and 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 speaking on that is once again when you you spoke to it we each individually have a purpose and so we should be working to fulfill that purpose and and being that active worshiper. Let's take a break, but I want to go back to that, that leadership piece we were talking about. Um, so hang on, quick break, and we'll be right back.
1: Hey, this is Wes Myers. I'm one of the pastors here at the church at West Gantt. Just wanted to invite you guys to any of our services. Uh, just to remind you, we have an English-speaking service every Sunday morning at 1030, and then we also have a Spanish-speaking service every Sunday afternoon at 2 o'clock. We'd love to see you there. Come check us out.
0: So, Wes, coming back, we had just said, or I had just said something about that employer part and, and the pastoral part um, in that church attendance and what, what we can do or um, how should we look at that um, as far as that church attendance piece. So in saying that, what do you think is one thing that a pastor could do to help his church attendance? Like what what's one uh, big idea, I guess, in your mind or What's one thing that they should be thinking of or a team should be thinking of when it comes to church attendance and keeping, not necessarily church growth where we're bringing new people in, but church attendance where we're bring we're keeping the people that we already have. Right, now
1: I'm with you. So for me, my mind goes directly to Matthew chapter 18. And if you, if you read verses 12 and 13 and 14, it says, What do you think with a question mark? If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them goes astray, does he, the shepherd, not leave the ninety-nine and go to the mountains to seek the one that is straying? And if he should find it, assuredly, I say to you, he rejoices more over that sheep than over the ninety-nine that did not go astray. Even so, it is not the will of your Father who is in heaven that one of these little ones should perish. And in this context, I know that it's referring to a sinner, and I'm not by any means saying that everyone who has withdrawn or become disengaged I'm I'm not making the implication that that person is living in sin or is a sinner but what I am saying is from a pastoral standpoint if you notice a person who used to be there at church in person physically 6 out of 6 weeks and then you see that gradual decline to where they're they're 6 or excuse me 3 out of 6 weeks or one out of six weeks, or zero out of six weeks, going back to that personal accountability piece, I feel like as as a pastor, it's on me at that point to engage with that person. There are a lot of different ways you can do that. You can send a card, you can pick up the phone and send a text message. You can pick up the phone and make a phone call. You can send them a Facebook message, and it can be something as simple as, hey, I missed you this week. Hope all is well. Or it could be just a quick message, hey, praying for you guys. Please let me know if you need anything. Like that that small prodding or that gentle prodding to me is kind of like what Jesus does when he goes after that one sheep who is lost. If you think about a congregational setting, the assumption would be that all the people sitting in the, the congregation or in the sanctuary are in a good place. So you would parallel those people to the 99 that have yeah. not gone, quote, yeah. astray. And again, I'm not saying that the person who is absent is astray, I mean, yeah. mm-hmm. but you know that person who is absent could be dealing with some sort of major health issue. They could be battling some sort of sickness. They could be, who knows what they could be going through. So again, as a pastor, I just feel that it is my job, my responsibility, and my place to be the one that reaches out and says, hey, just reminding you, I'm here for you. I care for you. I love you. I do notice that you're not here. If there is anything that I can do to kind of bring you back into the fellowship, that's where I'm, that's where I go towards.
0: Yeah, I, I completely agree. I, I think uh, that the the burden kind of falls to the pastor. Now, I, I will say it, it's not always necessarily the pastor who has to write that letter or make that phone call, in, right. in my opinion, especially depending on the size of the church. right? If you got a church that has 30 people, then you probably recognize every single person Um, and you probably know when somebody's out and you probably know if they're sick or they have vacation or whatever the case may be. When you get up to that 80, 90, maybe even 100 people, um, I feel like that it's a lot harder for a pastor to necessarily see everybody's faces and realize who's there and who's not there, especially when you have nursery workers and all this stuff like that. And so it's a little bit more difficult as well as when you talk about just from the standpoint of the six-week uh, once every six weeks that you were talking about, Wes, the pastor's really going to struggle to remember if it, uh, they may have the best brain in the world and they may not, but I would <laughs> seriously struggle to remember who was here this week and who wasn't here last week. And, and so having those people around you or having like a team or a committee or a group that like help you out with that, I think it's perfectly fine. You just need somebody. You you should be in charge of that. You should be leading that or building that self around you. Maybe not even leading it. And that may be the wrong word, but at least building that um, network and that, that group around you to really help you out with that. And I'll go with this too. Since we have talked about the live stream and we have talked about how there are people who watch and view and are completely a part of the live stream just as if they were in the church do we reach out to those people as well what should we should we keep watch over who's viewing and who i, I think it's a little bit more difficult to see who's viewing but if they're engaging all the time and then all of a sudden they stop engaging
1: well i, I don't i don't think that it's a roll call per se yeah you know if if there there are just so many different scenarios that that have to be considered if if someone were to break a leg and become immobilized and you know be bound to a wheelchair or even bedridden for that matter and they physically cannot get up out of bed due to the the injury or the catastrophic event or whatever the case may be but they make the cognitive conscious decision at 10:30 every single Sunday morning to log on to their device or social media platform or Facebook or wherever that is being broadcasted or live streamed if they make that that decision to get up on time prepare themselves mentally and spiritually and then watch the live stream in real time live just as they were in in the church pew or in the the sanctuary setting, I think that person has to be acknowledged. I think that person has to be credited for their participation and their engagement. You know, there are tons of of distractions and tons of options and choices that that person could make in that moment. They could watch the news. They could watch the NASCAR race. They could watch the football game. We're in, we're in football season now. They could do a million other things. They could, who knows what they could do, but they are making the decision to be a part of the church and be engaged as much as they possibly can at that time. So absolutely, I would say that we count them for their involvement and their engagement and attendance.
0: Yeah. And, and, I, and I agree. I, I think that you have to, um, and I, I, I don't know, I know not to put any extra work on any pastors or anything like that. But I think that that is something that should be looked at. It's it's something where if you do have those people who are unable to attend for long periods of time in person or who um might, might not even be long periods of time, but it just might be a few weeks that they're down or whatever, and if they're becoming less engaged, online, I think it's very tricky with with the live stream. Well, but I, I think, think you could still reach out to those same people and say, hey, look, I've noticed over the past three weeks you've been paying attention. You know, I don't want to say paying attention, meaning that other people don't. But I'm saying you have been engaged with the live stream. But then the last two weeks you haven't, and I just want to check on you.
1: Well, I, I, I think, think that's where it comes to back it. to – you as the pastor, you have to know what's going on in the lives of the people that you're attending church with. If you know that that person did in fact break a leg and they are in fact bedridden and, and can't get up and move mm-hmm. around like they could before, uh, you you know that. And there's that level of, of understanding there. Uh, in the same way, if if you see people who are physically able and have no deterrence or reason not to be at church any given Sunday morning, if you start to see that gradual decline and then you start to see them being at church in person three out of six weeks or one out of six weeks mm-hmm. or zero out of six weeks, but, but they're logging onto the live stream, to me, it's still your place to reach out to that person and ask them why they are not fellowshipping with, with the other believers and, and things like that. You know, if, if they start to use the live stream as a crutch or a tool for laziness, and then that's, that's harsh and that's blunt, but it's, but it's true. It is what It, it 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 is. Yeah. If, if it suddenly becomes more convenient to sleep in every single Sunday morning and not get up and get dressed. And, you know, if, if it, if it, becomes a tool or a hindrance, again, it's, it's on you to reach out and figure out what's actually going on that's causing this disruption, and then it's on you to stoke the fire, rekindle the flame, and promote that engagement yeah. again yeah. so that they're able to come back into the fellowship with with the family. Yeah,
0: and and, and, th- and that was kind of the point that I was trying to, I guess, get to on that. I think that we have to be careful with the live stream. There are people who legitimately cannot attend our church. uh, And from that, that thought process, they may, they may live in a different part of the state. They may have been members here before. They may have moved. They, they may have jobs where all of a sudden they're having to work on a, on a Sunday and unable to show up um, because of a time restraint or whatever the case may be. And, And they're really engaged and really on there and commenting and liking and and sharing and trying to to really engage with that what they can. But then we have to be careful, too, because we don't want – I think you can count that as part of your church body. But I don't want people to think that we should give credibility to that is the only form if you have the capabilities of showing up in person. I think if you have the capabilities and you're using that, like you said, as that crutch to lean on, then we do definitely need to reach out to those people. And I think just kind of to wrap it all up, there's a lot of things that affect church attendance. And there's something new, it seems like, every week that pops up that can be a distraction. But the biggest thing is the heart of the worshiper. As pastors, uh, I... I think that we should be aware that we're called to engage. We as you were saying Wes, we are shepherds. Uh, we are supposed to shepherd the church just as um Jesus is ours and he and we're supposed to help engage those people and and bring them back into the fold and and reach out and and see what might be that struggle. And so from a pastoral standpoint, I think that we have to realize that it part of church attendance is us engaging.
1: Well, and there's another phrase that's that's thrown around all the time and it's it's keeping the pulse. Yeah. And the church is very much alive. It is very much a living entity. And if we are in leadership positions at the church and if we are in that pastoral role to where we have to keep watch over the congregation and protect them and keep their, keep the pulse I just think that's part of our job and it's part of our duty and it's part of our responsibility mm-hmm. to make sure that things stay as they should and that the, that lifeblood continues to flow yeah. through the church so that the body functions properly, accordingly, and as it should.
0: I, I, yeah, and I completely am on board with that, and that's that's what I think. Um, from a pastoral standpoint we've got to do is we we've got to be aware of the situation we we also from a from a pastor's stance if we see this decline we ought to be looking towards other churches that might not be having that reach out to your to your other pastors within your uh, community and area to see what they're experiencing to see if they're kind of seeing the same thing or if they're building and they're growing and and people are staying engaged then then maybe see what uh, what they can maybe help you with, and kind of reach out from a church uh, goer standpoint. I, I think that we have to be aware of our ability to slowly slip, and and I, it's real easy to miss a Sunday and then miss the next and the next. It's it's a lot harder to wake up and go to church.
1: Well, and because it, it's been proven that it only takes two weeks for a new habit to be formed. Yeah. So to your point, it becomes incredibly easy to not yeah. set an alarm clock on Sunday morning as you would every other day of the week. So you you do have to guard yourself in some of those things for sure.
0: Well, and and if Satan can get you one, he's going to try to get you two, and and so. You have to be aware of that situation, and I think that you have to be ready to engage. realize that you're you're starting to become passive and you're not being that active worshiper. Realize that you need to make a, a change um, to be able to jump back into that fold and and to keep things going and and so I think we the best Advice I could give the average churchgoer is just to focus on God. If you see that you're you're starting to allow things to uh, step in the way or um, supersede God in church attendance, that you need to step, you need to come to that realization that you need to put God back first. Don't let it get to a point where we are three, four, five, six weeks from going to church. And, and trying to get back in um, because it is super hard. We want to thank you. Uh, we hopefully have wrapped this up. I don't know that it's been a nice, neat, uh, tidy bow on, uh, on that, but hopefully we have given um, some examples of what could possibly affect your church attendance as well as some application pieces that might could help out with that. Uh, as always, if you haven't, please subscribe, uh, catch us, uh, updates, and, and and get all the information um, and see all the new episodes. Be and go sure, to
1: church Sunday morning. And go to church
0: Sunday morning, yeah. Be sure to, uh, if you want to catch up with updates on when new episodes are dropping or anything that we might be doing, be sure to check us out on Facebook. Um, that's Just go on there and search porch Project. Uh podcast, and you will see uh well you'll see our our logo you won't see us uh, maybe we need to put a picture of us up there or maybe not that may scare them <laughs> but uh be sure to go on there and like and subscribe to that if you have any questions concerns would like us to pray for you uh feel free to send us a direct message in that way as well and uh we'll see you next week.